But what a great anthem to sing moving forward, not only for the year 2018 and you and your life, uh, and happy new year to all of you, but certainly for our church as well. And so it is good to have you here together, our modern worship and contemporary worship uh, services together. And um, I'm looking forward to sharing with you today. I really am. Been waiting on this for a little bit, just something birthed inside and from the book of Romans. So go ahead, Romans chapter 15, something birthed inside through this scripture and then through the work of our team and our staff over the last few weeks and months and now presenting to you, anchored in this text, a vision for 2018. And so find your place, Romans chapter 15. If you're new to Bible study, Romans is in the New Testament. So you have the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then a history book, Acts, and it's the first letter written after the history book, Acts, book of Romans. Go ahead, find it on your digital device as well, whatever you need uh, to help you along, and we're going to walk through this passage together, and then by God's grace present a vision for 2018, and then here's where we're ultimately headed, is the Lord's Supper, where we gather together in pursuit of... um, Christ and remembering him and his sacrifice for us. So if you have your place on your device or in the word, Romans chapter 15, will you please stand with me for the reading of the word this morning? A wonderful way to begin the new year as we hear what Paul writes to this church, but the Holy Spirit to us. Romans 15 verse 1, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me, Christ says. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. You may be seated. And may the Lord bless the reading and the teaching of his word this morning. The church at Rome was having... A food problem. Not the type of problem that I'll have in just a few minutes when I'll get together with Sheree and my two kids, unless Sheree has prepared something at the house, and we'll say, what do we want to eat? <laughs> and we get four opinions about where we want to eat. Not that type of problem. The problem in Rome was this, that some of the Jewish believers were practicing what they believed was um, a ceremonial observance, eating food that was specifically set aside for, 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 for Jewish people, whereas the Gentile Christians who had come into the church, and many believe that Gentile Christians now outnumbered the Jewish Christians that started the church in Rome. Now the Gentile Christians are coming in, and guess what? When it comes to food, they don't have the same conscience towards the ceremonial rules and regulations that the Jewish people do. So, 
Paul gets done in chapter 14 addressing not only that, but also saying to the church when it comes to uh, observances of the Sabbath or ceremonial days, I know there are differences, but here's what I want you to do. I want you not to pass judgment on one another based on these things on the margins and on the edges. But I've just got done walking through what the gospel is. Romans is a powerful book because it contains the gospel. It's so rich and deep in theology when it comes to what the law was, what the gospel is, what the spirit does, the sovereignty of God working in all of that. It's such a powerful book theologically. But if we miss the practicality of it, like Jews and Gentiles arguing and getting upset with one another about what types of food we should eat or whether you should observe this on the Sabbath day or not, if we miss the practicality of the gospel being applied to tensions within the body, we miss really the full meaning of the book of Romans. That's why Paul, over the last couple of chapters, gets very, very practical with them after really diving deep into the riches of what the gospel is. And so I want you to understand that because when we come to Romans chapter 15, this is what Paul is saying when he comes to the church. He says, the kingdom of God is not, in chapter 14, is not about eating and drinking, but the kingdom of God instead, not the external stuff, but the internal stuff driven by the spirit, joy, peace, and righteousness. That's the kingdom of God. So pursue that. Quit passing judgment on one another. Quit being condescending to one another. And instead, don't do anything that would cause another believer to stumble, but pursue the kingdom of God in peace and joy and righteousness. So when he comes to chapter 15, then he says, first of all, that here's your, your challenge as a church here at Rome sacrifice your personal preferences for what is good and healthy for the body at large. Paul says, verses 1 and 2, sacrifice your pleasures, sacrifice your preferences for your neighbor, for his good, to build him up. Now, we understand what that means. At the beginning of a year, we understand what it means to sacrifice our preferences for the good of our body. Some of you are really, really disciplined, and when you enter into the new year, you're ready to go. You're ready to go to the gym. So when you wake up in the morning, you have a choice. You have, you have a preference here. I can either please my body by staying underneath the warm blankets and coverage. You put an extra blanket on the bed the last couple of weeks? You can stay underneath the warm blanket and covers for the next 45 minutes, or I can get up, put on my clothes, jump in the car, in the 10-degree car, that's what it read this morning, in the 10-degree car and go to the gym and walk around the track or go work out. I have to choose, and what I know what the pleasure is staying in bed, but I know what's good for the body. For some of you, when it comes to eating, you've changed your eating habits this year, so instead of going through five guys and ordering a cheeseburger with extra cheese, ketchup, mayo, barbecue sauce, lettuce, tomato, pickles, that's mine. Or you can say, instead, I'm going to have a turkey wrap with no mayo on it, right? That's your choice for the good of the body. Now, Paul says, we know in your body you, you have preferences and pleasures, but for the good of your body, you do something differently. So Paul says, do it in the church. He says, you need to look out for your neighbor. And there are things that you desire and please you 
But you're to give them up, he says, for the the pleasure of your neighbor, but not just that, just doesn't end because I want to be a people pleaser. He keeps going, verse 1, to build him up. Chapter 14, Paul says the whole reason that I'm coming to you when talking about food in the Sabbath is to for the mutual building up of the body of Christ so that it's strong and so that it's healthy. So sacrifice your personal preferences. But then he says, okay, this is hard. This is difficult. Verse 3, Christ is your example. Christ is your example, he says. And then he turns and he quotes Psalm chapter 69. He goes back to the the Old Testament, the old hymn book, and he starts reading in, in Psalm 69 how that how that these words, the author of these words is saying, look, I I would rather instead of defending my rights because he's being pursued by his enemies, instead of defending my rights, the author says, instead of defending what gives me great pleasure, instead what I want to do is identify myself with you, God. And so Paul says, look, in in Psalm Church, he says, you you want to understand how to not please yourself, to sacrifice yourself, look back in the the old songbook. And Christ here, it points to Christ, and Christ is speaking. And when Christ comes, Paul puts Christ in front of the church. Sacrificing your own pleasures is hard. So look at Christ. And when Christ comes, he doesn't defend his rights. He was treated unfairly. He comes and he puts on human flesh and he's worthy of being worshipped as king, but instead he's embarrassed, he's humiliated, he's hung on a cross, and he suffers there. And so Paul says, look at Christ, how he didn't please himself. He set aside his glory, his kingdom, he set aside all of the dignity that he deserves, and he put on human flesh and went to the cross for your sins. He goes there because the judgment of God for your sins is poured out on him instead of you. If anyone could have said, I want to get my way, I want to please myself, I deserve more, it's the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And so Paul says, church, look at Jesus. And when Jesus says, the insults, Father, that came upon you have now come upon me, what he's doing is identifying himself with the plan of God rather than his own desires and his own pleasures. So Paul says, look at Christ. But then thirdly, thirdly, he says, the scriptures. Maybe it was because Paul was diving into the Psalms and he pulls out this incredible nugget of wisdom about Christ there and he, he gives it to the church and he says, hey, when it comes to, to food and, and, and how you observe the Sabbath, look at, look at what the scriptures teach us. But then he broadens it out and he says, he says, look, for whatever was written in former days, verse 4, was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So Paul comes and says, listen, I know this is difficult, but the scriptures, the word of God comes to you. And it's not just some dusty old book that's over here. It's just not something that the pastor studies so that he can come before and preach. It's just not something that your life group leader pours his or her heart into and delivers. The word of God is meant for understanding everyday life, for endurance and encouragement and hope. The scriptures are very relevant. And so he turns to a prayer and he says, okay, as God reveals himself in his word, and as you pursue Christ in that word, 
And you imitate Christ as an example of sacrifice. Here's his prayer. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the scriptures, scriptures are given for our benefit, for our instruction, but the God of those scriptures as we live and operate and imitate Jesus, put it all together. May the God of endurance and encouragement, church, pull you together with one voice glorifying God. And then when you look at one another, welcome one another. Because Christ has welcomed you. When you come to the table this morning, may that phrase, verse 7, resound in your ear. Welcome one another as Christ has welcomed me to his table for the glory of God. What a great passage. Now, here's what I want to do over the course of the next few minutes before we come to the Lord's table then. Lay out for you a vision for 2018 and connect it and anchor it and be guided by this text. And then we'll come to our time of commitment. Vision for Taylors in 2018. Let me begin with this. Together, we're going to center on that. We're going to focus on that. Together in the Word. Together in the Word. This has been a really exciting season to see how God has used what is very, very simple. A reading plan to galvanize you, the people of God here at Taylors, to want to read the Word of God. You don't know how encouraged I am every single day, maybe to hear from somebody. I got a text this past Friday saying, hey, pastor, we've already gone through week one, and here's what God is teaching us. And um, you, you just don't know how encouraged I am every single day to know that the people of God want to read the Word of God. So we get to go through this plan together. Now, I'm pointing to this journal or holding this journal because inside this journal is a reading plan that beginning today or tomorrow, we're going to start reading together. So Genesis chapter 1 and 2 is where I'll begin tomorrow morning, Monday morning. And I'll go through, and you can see it outlined here in this journal. I know you can't read this, but on this side is how you walk through and journal together. You might have your own style. This is just something that, that kind of guides and leads us. But over here, here's the reading plan. And this week, we'll go through Genesis 1 and 2. So individually, as you're reading the Word of God, next Sunday and for the next Sundays all the way through 2017, I'll be reading or preaching from this plan. So next week, Genesis chapter 3 in the garden. So as you're reading through this, just know, hey, pastor, he's coming to, to Genesis chapter 3 in just a little bit. Put it all together. Here's what's happening. Reading and engaging in the word of God together, which is so vital for your spiritual health. But it's not just something you're doing on the side. When you come in here to worship with us, the word of God is already saturating and filling your minds. And then as I preach it, it's beginning to coalesce together. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. We had, when I walked in this morning, we had ordered a thousand of these. We had, we had sold 750 of them. And uh, so I made the announcement at 9 o'clock this morning, and I got the text as I was uh, coming down that we only have 40 or 50 left. So 
If you want to grab one of these, don't trample anybody, don't hurt anybody, but go right over, right, right through here in our welcome center area. And if we need to get more, gladly, we will get more of these journals. But please come walk with us through the word in 2018. Let me mention one other thing under this category, then we'll move on. Our discipleship groups. Man, we, we are so excited. Today at 3.30, today at 3.30, we are gathering together. And if you're interested, come see me or come see David Klein over in the Welcome Center area here. Come see any of us here and we can direct you where we'll be. But at 3.30 today, our discipleship groups are going to gather, whether you're a leader, whether you're a participant, whether you're just interested in a discipleship group. Some of you hearing this for the very first time, you're not clear what they are. What is a discipleship group? Well, we have Bible studies for men, for women. We have life groups that continue every single week. But this is just something a little bit different for folks, uh, for men, three to five men, three to five ladies gathered together going through this plan. So we just wrapped it up, my group. And I'm going to start with another group here in the next couple of weeks. And we walk through this and we meet every single week. And you might say, that's a big commitment, pastor. It is. It is. But here's my challenge to you. We believe the word of God is so important. And here's what happens in that discipleship group as you open the word of God. We find endurance and encouragement and hope. I can look at those brothers and I can say, what did the Lord teach you this week? What did the Holy Spirit say to you in your journal this week? And we, we begin to walk through it. We, we gain strength. We gain challenge. We, we're convicted by one another. We're, we're, we're convicted about how we parent, how we husband, and how we, how we father. And, and we're, 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 we're convicted and challenged and strengthened and encouraged. And here's the beautiful thing. As God begins to develop these groups, some of them who met last year, like mine, are replicating and multiplying. And so others are beginning to, to catch hold of the word of God together. And so in time, here's our prayer that we will see a multiplication of people rallying around the word of God together, studying it for themselves, being accountable to one another, intimate to one another, in a way that you can't get in any other venue here at Taylor's First Baptist Church. So you please come, 3.30 here at the church for discipleship groups, together in the word. Secondly, together in our families or in our generations. What's neat about the Word of God and people walking through it is families for, for moms and dads to say, hey, we're going to walk through the Word together. We're going to try and, and as children and as students, do this as, as one unit. I think that's absolutely fantastic. And we want to really, really beat down and, and keep going on, on that theme of families and generations. So here's what we're going to do. This Wednesday, we're going to gather together over in the rec center. And we're going to gather together as families just to have fun. Now, understand this. Understand this. There are all sorts of generations here at Taylor's. And the service that I just preached to is primarily those that were older. Grant many, many grandparents in that service. In this service, families of different generations. There are families of different shapes and sizes. There are families of different origins. Some of you are, are a family and you're single again. Some of you are a family and, and there's been divorce in your home and you're trying to figure out how do I, how do I raise my, my kids to follow and love Jesus. There are some of you who are grandparents maybe and, and you're wondering how do I shepherd my kids who are shepherding grandkids. Some of you grandparents, we're seeing this more and more in our culture. There are many, many grandparents or uncles or aunts who are taking care of kids that... Um, 
the moms and dads, for whatever reason, just aren't there. We love families of all shapes and styles and sizes. And we want to see you grow in Christ. So how, how are we going to do that? Well, Family Fun Night gets us all together. Here's your job. To go find a family that might not be connected to Taylor's right now. Go find them and bring them here so that we can have fun together Wednesday night. Inflatables. Daryl's going to open up the rec center for us. Inflatables. Hot chocolate. S'mores. All that great stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. Just we're going to have fun together. So you come. The following week, the 17th, here's what we're going to do. We're going to gather in the fellowship hall, and we're going to keep going. This is what it means, families, to have a vision for 2018, how Christ can work in your home. We're going to talk about the word. We're going to talk about small groups. We're going to talk about life groups. We're going to talk about all of these things where parents that maybe aren't connected to the body of Christ, we want you connected on the 17th. But then the next weekend is our parenting conference. Now, we haven't really beat the drum on this as much as we would like to. But our parenting conference is two weekends away. Dr. Tim Kimmel, who did our marriage conference, is coming back. And he's going to lead us in what it is to parent and to grandparent well. We've got a little, little section set aside just for grandparents when it comes to Friday and Saturday and well beyond. And then we're going to move beyond that to small groups as well. So here is our heart for families. We want you to come and engage with us. We want you to invite families that aren't connected. We want to cast vision for you the following week and then with the parenting conference we want to give you the tools that you need to parent and to grandparent well that's our heart for families in 2018 at least as we begin sign up for this parent conference my staff keeps reminding me pastor please remind them parent conference is coming so sign up walk out here you can go out here into the guest services area you can sign up for that get more information or you can go online as well all right thirdly together in worship together in the word, together as generations, and now together in our worship. Now, I'm going to take a little bit of time to lay this out in front of it so you get the heart behind it, and then I'm going to give you the what. And then we're going to continue and move towards the Lord's Supper. Last fall, last fall, your pastor was desperate <laughs> in his prayers for this place. And he was desperate in his prayers for his own heart and his own leadership. And so as Sheree and I prayed through that, and as I, I walked through that, I came to the staff in October, and I said to them, gang, let's assess where we are, and let's ask ourselves the question, what does God want us to do? Where does God want to lead us in 2018? So, for instance, one of the initiatives that came from our assessment of where we are is walking through the Word together to do something different, to preach every week through the Word, you reading every week together. That's one of the initiatives that came out. And so when we had that time of assessment, we assessed everything, our worship gatherings, our groups, our life groups, how do we reach more young people? How do we get the gospel out in different ways? How do we get the gospel to our neighbors, just not to the ends of the earth, but to our neighbors? How, how do we do that? So we, we went through all of that, but I want to zero in for the next few moments about our worship gatherings. And here is where we assess where we are as a church. We said we have three different styles of services, two different times, three different rooms. Sometimes the preacher wears a tie. Sometimes he doesn't. 
Sometimes the preacher's on video, sometimes he's live. For those of you who guess and try and figure that out, I know it's hard. But we have these different styles and we have these different rooms. And here's, here's where we said, you know what? We believe that we are primarily three churches under one roof. Now, there, there's no negative connotation in that in the sense of, boy, you, you people are bad people or we're bad staff. It's, not, it's just where we are. It's just where we are. You've got a 9 o'clock service that's very traditional that has a choir with, with robes and I preach in a tie and, and the environment's just different. It's a beautiful service. It's so well done, but it's very, a very traditional service. We have service here in, the, in this room that's contemporary, different flavor than the modern service, which is over here in a different room in a different environment. The lights are lower there. The screens come down there. It's tighter here. It's larger. It's bigger. Lights are up. It's just different, and so so we're, we are separated. We're fragmented, not necessarily with hearts that are opposed to one another. It's just the way we operate on Sunday mornings. We move into our room, into our style, and we here's the danger: we cater to our own comfortableness, and we cater to to being conformed with other people in the way that we worship together because they worship like we do. And while, listen, listen, while I firmly believe that God in his grace gave those services during those seasons for those times for his purposes, I firmly believe after much prayer, after being led by the Holy Spirit, after walking with our staff and walking in unity, after relying on a group of men and ladies who lead our committees that I've gathered together in what we simply call the leadership council. We gathered together just because of their leadership roles, and we brought them in, and over the last few weeks have walked with them through this really, really momentous decision. We believe it is time to enter into a new season of worship here at Taylor's First Baptist Church. We believe that gathering the body together is a hallmark in a DNA of this place. Think back to our Christmas service. Think back to our memorial service just last week in this room. Think about the times that we gather together driven by what? Holiday or Christmas or remembering together or whatever it might be. But think of the beauty of the body together, and it's absolutely wonderful. We hear from you. Pastor, why, why can't we, we be together a little bit more? And we base this decision, yes, on the reality of where we are and, and really coming before the Lord with desperate hearts, acknowledging this. We, we're not hiding. I'm not spinning anything for you here. I'm just laying my heart out open before you. We acknowledge families have left. Membership has, has gone down. Attendance has declined. And so we, prompted by these things, we look at these things and we say, this is the reality. 
But here is how God in his grace has moved us to a decision that is just not about the numbers. It's just not about filling these pews. It's just not about energy. All those things are fine. All those things are okay. But I can speak for my staff and I can speak for the heart of this pastor that says we want more than that. We want a perspective of the body of Christ that says, according to Romans chapter 15, if it means sacrificing what is comfortable or what we've conformed to, if it means doing away with my pleasure for the strengthening and the health and the unity of the body of Christ, then let's do it. Let's do it for his glory, though. Not for my reputation or for Taylor's. For the glory. Did you, see, did you read Romans 15? For the glory of God, he says, with one voice glorifying him together. We long for not just generations worshiping together, where my teenagers can see some of those saints full of wisdom and white hair, 70 and 80 years old. They don't see them. Where some of those wisdom, people of great wisdom and experience who lined up here after the first service and said, we miss the young people. We want to be with them. Where are they? I said, they're in the other room. They're in the other hour. That's always our answer. And what we're saying is this. Imagine. Imagine, if you will, and you've tasted it in our service. Imagine being together, worshiping together. Imagine God using the resources God has given us for an expression of worship that is unique and different. Let me explain. Here's what we plan to do, beginning April 1, to have one expression of Taylor's worship that reaches across the variety of the gifts God has given us. We have choirs. We have orchestra. We have bands. We have... We have different uh, ways of, of, of leading in worship. And so that full variety and expression of worship put on display every single week, or at least a portion of that. So we're not going to have a traditional style. We're not going to have a modern style. We're not going to have a contemporary style. We're simply going to call this Taylor's Worship. You like that? Where together we come under the leadership of this man right here, Kevin Batson, underneath me, and under the leadership of Scott Norman, who, by the way, not only are they incredibly gifted, but their hearts for this place to worship Jesus is unmatched. They want you to worship. They want you. And that, that's why they put everything they've got into what you see on Sunday mornings. But now we get to say to the men, help us. What does that expression look like every single week? You can pray for them. You can pray for them. Because of their relationship with one another, I'm so proud of these guys. They love one another. And they are going to help us walk through a new season. Again, love what God did in the contemporary service here in 2003. Love what God did in 2010 with the modern service. Three hours. You remember those days? Ooh, I remember them back to back to back, <laughs> preaching three times. Love that room over there, what God did in that room. Love it. But now God has called us to a new season and a new way of worship. We're excited about that. We know there's challenges, but we're excited about that. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
Um, the temptation is going to be to say, here's my fear or here's my preference. I'm way ahead of you. I've been saying that for a long, long time. And, and here's the, as I told the 9 o'clock service, here, here is your, your heart is to say, I'm going to lose my service. I'm going to lose a particular style. Um, I'm used to a pastor in a coat and in a tie every single week. I got it. I understand that. Here are the fears of, of you. I'm just going to go, go to the other side, to, to the modern service. Here is my fear for you, that you're going to see this move. I'm just going to speak directly at you. Here is my fear for you, that you think we are doing away with the service. That's not the case. Here's what we want to do. It's simply what Romans 15 says, for the good of the body, for the glory of God, for the worship of his people together for an expression of the generations together for us laying down our preferences this is why we're doing this and i fit can i be on i fear people leaving there i said it but we believe this is the right thing to do and we believe, led by God's Spirit, we can set the pace. Not that we want anybody to imitate us, but we believe we can set the pace for saying this is how we as a church worship God. Not, not being condescending to any other churches, not imitating any other churches, but simply saying for the glory of God to resound in this room and in this place and for the good of his people. This, listen, this is why the word is so important. This is why we lead with the word, because the word begins to grow you. The word begins to seep in, but then we gather together for the glory of God. And it could be a powerful thing as we ask all of us to sacrifice and to give. We're going to ask all of us in some way to say, we're going to ask you to move. We're going to ask you to, to do something different, perhaps. Maybe it's just move into to this room. Maybe it's just get used to a different worship style. But we're, we're saying for the glory of God, let's do this. Let's do this so that, that he can be pleased with how we love Jesus and love one another. But then, finally, there's one missing piece. And before I get to it together in our witness, let me say this. Um, after this 1030 hour, after this 1030 hour, there's this um, sheet that our staff has put together. It's a really, really wonderful information guide. I want you to go get one. Walk out of here, find one, get one. It walks through some of the simple questions. We know uh, we've tried that cover as much as we have in just a couple of pages, but then on the back, some great resources for you to read as well, so you can catch the heart and spirit of what we're trying to do. And so, again, may the Lord use this information guide, beginning April the 1st, April Fool's Day, right? Like that for Easter Sunday is April 1. Can't you see the marquee now? All across America. Jesus is dead. What? April Fool's, right? Easter Sunday, we're going to begin we're going to begin this service. If it flops and it doesn't work, we're just going to go, April Fool's, we fooled you all, right? <laughs> but April 1, we're going to begin with, in this room, 9 and 1030, one expression of Taylor's worship together. Together. And may the Lord use that for his glory. Here's the last piece, together in witness. 
together in witness. Now, here's the logistical piece that Jeremy reminded me of. Jeremy and Kristen in the REACH office. January 15 is the last day for you. January 15, a couple of weeks. Is it a couple of weeks? Not even that. January 15 is the last day for you to get in your application for our REACH trips, 10 trips all across the United States and around the world. We want to fill those up. So certainly, we want you to go. So go right out here to the REACH desk. It's also in next to the guest service area. And say, hey, can I have an application or can I find out more about the trips and what's going on? But here, here is... Um, what together in our witness looks like, because if, if we lose sight of the witness, if we lose sight of the gospel getting out of here, we've missed it. Now, so, so here's the world I've been living in for the last few weeks, is um, this whole worship piece. I'll just be honest with you. And the word and getting ready to preach. But, but really, this worship piece has consumed an awful lot of thinking, an awful lot of time, an awful lot of prayer, an awful lot of meetings this past week. Tried to meet with representatives of every service to share my heart with them. And so I've been immersed in this world for together in worship. And I love it. I love what God is doing. I'm being affirmed and strengthened and encouraged by, by the body in this. But then, you know what? If we miss this last together, together in our witness, We've missed the whole thing. And here's what I mean by that. Is that Paul, in Romans chapter 14 and 15, he lays everything out for him, and he says, this is, this is my heart for you, church, that you sacrifice for one another, you, 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 you um, come together and glorify God with one voice by the scriptures coming in and imitating Christ, and we, we want to do all those things in 2018. But then he says, oh, by the way, gang, here's where I'm going. I'm going over to Jerusalem because I got this offering that the Gentiles have collected. I'm going to give it to the Jewish believers so that you can see the gospel in action. But then when I've done there, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to head to the ends of the earth. I'm going to head to Spain and I want to go where the gospel is not preached. This is where I'm headed. And David Platt, the head of the International Mission Board, I never forget a few years ago, before I came here, I was sitting in a meeting. He was preaching for um, campus, a campus crusade for Christ conference and he preached from Romans. And he said, the book of Romans, as much as it is a theological giant, is simply a missionary letter for the church to be healthy and strong so that the gospel can get out. And I thought about this for, over the course of the last couple of days, and I thought, you know what? I, I might be missing it. I, I might be... I might be consumed by, by what's going to happen with worship and how you're going to respond to worship. And I'm going to be consumed about what's happening in this room, but I, I'm forgetting something, that we're together for our witness, together for our witness. And in the book of Acts, one of the greatest worship encounters of all time, Jesus told the guys, hey, go up to the upper room be unified together up there. The Holy Spirit's going to come. And man, the Holy Spirit came. These little tongues of fire hung over them. And, the, and this wind rushed through. I mean, there is no way we could stage anything like Pentecost ever. I mean, the Holy Spirit just comes rushing in this powerful experience. Can you imagine? And they're all unified together. And they could have stayed in that upper room saying, oh, this is good. The room is full. The energy is great. The Holy Spirit is present. Let's just stay in the upper room. Why do we want to go out there? Because they killed Jesus and they might kill us. What incredible times of worship together. They could have. 
But Jesus said, now, in your unity and with the power of the Holy Spirit, you are my witnesses from Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, the ends of the earth. And your pastor caught himself really at the end of this week, even though some of the say, hey, pastor, we're together in word, worship. What about together in witness? Yeah, got it. But it really hit home the end of this week. A couple of ways. One, I was thinking about our missionary couple that was here a few weeks ago. And it's um, to, the, to our unreached people group in North Africa and Middle East region. We call it NEMO. Nemo, not a little fish, but it's just North Africa, Middle East. Nemo, you'll get it later. And this couple comes, and a young couple, and they just had a little baby. I think the baby's about a year old, something like that. And this week, my heart went back to them standing on the stage on a Wednesday night. I was doing prayer in the chapel with some of our folks. I ran over there. I was late, and just seeing them there and having lunch with them that day and hearing how many times the gospel of Jesus Christ had been shared with a people group, and really it's five people groups now, five people groups there in that region that there are no known believers, none. And we worship as a body. We're unified and strong and healthy as a body, not just to feel good, not just to fill a room, not just to stem the tide of momentum. That's not the reason we do it. We do it to glorify God so that his gospel can get through us to the ends of the earth. That's why we do it. My mind and heart goes back to to the guys up in Boston with that storm that goes through there. There's a picture behind my desk by my phone of Jason and Chris and pastors from this local area. And we all banded together, and, and we banded as a church together to send those guys to Boston. You know, it's been a while now. And I thought, Lord, are, are, are we miss- what do you want to do through this body and our unity and strength and health to, to get the gospel where it is not? What, what do you want to do? London, we've opened a London initiative. Our choir is going to London. I love that. We have opportunities to go to London to see the gospel maybe make a way in one of the most international cities you've ever seen, but hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of lost people in London. And the IMB is saying, hey, churches, come over. We're unified and healthy, not just for numbers or to fill this place or the energy or reputation. We're healthy so that the gospel can get where it is not. That's why we exist. That's our mission. And then this past Friday, I was sitting at a church at a funeral. One of our dear, dear staff members, it's her son-in-law, 45 years of age, Sweet, sweet guys, young guys, and a wife leaving behind. And I don't get to go to very many funerals where I'm not participating in some way. So I just got to take all this in. It was a beautiful service, and we pray for that family. But on the way in, I'm sitting in front of the soundboard in the very back at the center. And on the way in, as the family came in, and then this group of guys came in, and this guy was a strong guy, a healthy guy, athletic guy before. 
He had a brain tumor. And these guys that were with him, maybe 20, 30, if not more than that, man, they came walking in, man, they looked like the elite of the elite. I mean, they were cut, they were in shape, they looked good, they had all their hair, man, they were amazing, right? I was jealous. <laughs> I don't want to look like that guy. And all these guys come filing in, and, and this was a group that Tommy trained with and, and did triathlons with. Man, this tight-knit community was strong. It was healthy. It was good, man. I was like, that's community. That is so cool. And then as I heard that, that pastor from Fellowship Church share the, the gospel with these guys, and as they filed out, and I don't know where they are spiritually. I'm not trying to judge them in any way. Hear my heart in this. But as they filed back out, tears coming down their face and you know how funeral it's just a hopeless feeling sometimes as these guys come walking out my heart was just moved and who's reaching these guys who's reaching these families who's do, are they connected to christ did their wives know jesus what about their kids who's reaching them? and it's almost as if the holy spirit as i got back to my office it was almost as if the Holy Spirit said, wake up, pastor. You can lead an effort to, to bring about change in the services. You can lead an effort to bring about change in the church. But if you don't do it for the glory of God and the gospel getting to where it is not, you're simply doing it to be a churchman, pastor. And my heart beats for you, church, that you would, yes, gather and strengthen and be unified for the changes that are coming about, that this word resonates in your heart like never before. I pray in 2018, the word of God just takes over and captures you. And in worship, when we hit it April 1, man, I hope that God begins to do something so amazing in this place and that we sing and we, we, we just come together with one voice as Romans says to glorify God. But if we stop there, we've missed it because Jesus laid down his life not simply for me to worship alone or to worship with you, but Jesus laid down his life so that those who don't worship him will one day do so. That's why Jesus came. John 17, he said, pray for unity. Pray for unity, he said. But at the very end, he says, hey, here's why you're unified, so that the world may know that the Father has sent the Son. Paul says, church at Rome, get over what you're eating. Get over the Sabbath day. Cling to the gospel. Cling to one another. With one voice, glorify God. But by the way, I'm taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. Come help me. And that's our heart. And I love how the Holy Spirit, I love how he uses the word and he uses this week and he uses funerals and he uses everything for the sake of of his son, Jesus. And here's my prayers. We come to the Lord's table. Deacons, you come, please, and get ready to, to take the Lord's table. Our, our worship team is going to come as well. Here, listen, listen, we're almost done. Listen, here is the danger. That right now, there are all kinds of thoughts going in your mind and in your heart. What about this? What about that? Here's what I want you to do. We had established the Lord's Supper being taken weeks ago, weeks ago. But how beautiful is it to come to this table 
If you're a follower of Jesus, I invite you to come and to say, Jesus, I remember what you've done for me, but I also lay my life down for this place. Will you say that? Paul told the church, so welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. Christ welcomed you by laying everything down for your good. Remember that. Remember that. Find forgiveness this morning. For some of you, find forgiveness. But then say, me taking the Lord's table today is not only a remembrance of the forgiveness of sin, but the life, the example. Christ is your example. So now I follow him. There's no telling what God could do with the church that simply says, we lay our lives down like Christ did for one another and for the gospel. It's our vision for this year. Will you pray with me now? Lord, as we come and we hold in our hand the, the little wafer, it's just a small, small symbol of the incredible suffering and sacrifice of your son, Jesus. So would you bring into view his love for us? Would you bring into view his heart for us? Would you bring into view his mission for this place? All for the glory of God. In Jesus' name.